Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of March 4. In the news, Armenia's parliament elects new president. Gas prices set to increase on April 1, and Armenia abstains during UN vote on resolution against the war in Ukraine. On March 3, Armenia's parliament elected Vahagan Khachatarian as president. Khachatarian was nominated by the ruling civil contract party and was elected in the second round of parliament voting. The vote was boycotted by the two opposition factions, Armenia Alliance and I Have the Honor Alliance. Khachatarian's inauguration will take place on March 13. In his address to the parliament before the vote, Khachatarian stated that he will support the government in implementing its domestic and foreign policies, voicing support for the government's efforts to normalize relations with Turkey. As a reminder, Armen Sarkisian resigned at the end of January while abroad for medical treatment. And um, Armen Sarkisian has already congratulated the new president, so has Vladimir Putin, because we're going to talk about him. Anyway. Eventually, Eventually, yes. And on March 1, Armenia's Public Services Regulatory Commission approved Gazprom Armenia's request to increase gas prices starting April 1. The gas price will increase by 4.7 drum for ordinary consumers that will make it 143.7 drums per cubic meter. For low-income households, it will remain the same, 100 drums per cubic meter. Gas prices will also increase for businesses and greenhouses by 4%. This is the third utility price hike in Armenia since the beginning of the year. In January, water prices went up, and in February, there was a rise in electricity prices. But you can read more on the topic in our article, Utility Prices Heating Up. Uh, this is an article from February. Last week, over the course of several days, Azerbaijani military began harassing residents of the village of Kharamort in Artsakh by turning on loudspeakers and calling on residents to stop construction on water pipes. They were saying that this is illegal construction work um, and that they should uh, immediately leave uh, Azerbaijani territory. Azerbaijani soldiers also threatened to use force and said that they would not be responsible for the outcome if residents did not leave. Russian peacekeepers uh, were called, uh, they intervened, and the announcement stopped. However, shortly after they began again, this time, um, you know, they were making announcements about Khojalu. So it was uh, several days of this ongoing uh, harassment. And yesterday again, the Armenian Ministry of Defense denied accusations by Azerbaijan that Armenian armed forces had opened fire in the direction of Azerbaijani positions. In February alone, Azerbaijan made six similar accusations, all of which Yerevan denied. Yeah, we keep saying this every week because every week there's this kind of news that's being disseminated. Well, Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan's advisor, Robert Khugasyan, was appointed as the new governor of Sunik region, replacing Melikset Borosyan. Khugasyan was named as Pashinyan's advisor back in 2019. Before that, he was quite well known, uh, Rubina. He was a successful social entrepreneur in Kerarkunik region's Galavan village, where he promoted eco and extreme tourism, turning the remote village into a tourist attraction. I've been to Kalavan and I've spoken to him, Mm -hmm. and he really, uh, what makes him special, I think, in this case, is that he had this vision for the development of the whole village, so he wasn't doing something for his own, so everyone does a community project, and it was successful. And on February 28, Armenia's uh, foreign minister, Arat Mirzoyan, was in Geneva to participate in the session of the UN Human Rights Council. In his remarks, Mirzoyan stated that the Human Rights Council is one of the key achievements of multilateral diplomacy 
as it provides an indispensable platform for sustaining and promoting dialogue on human rights. He underscored that people and their rights must be placed at the forefront and center of everything done by the United Nations. In this context, Mirzoyan noted that the use of force against the right to self-determination can trigger an entire chain of human rights violations, including mass atrocities and ethnic cleansing, referring to the war launched by Azerbaijan against the people of Nagorno-Karabakh in 2020. Our Minister for Minister also noted that the UN and its bodies have been given a universal mandate of unconditional, unimpeded, unhindered access to people in need, wherever they are and in all circumstances. He called on the international community to assume responsibility for ensuring unconditional access to Artsakh. He concluded by saying that only by urgently addressing these issues will it be able to ensure stability, peace, justice, and protection of uh, universal human rights in the region. And while he was in Geneva during that visit, there was um, an exhibition uh, dedicated to the 30th anniversary of Armenia's membership in the United Nations. There was also um, a large event here uh, to commemorate that event. And I remember very well that day when the flag went up in New York, the tricolor. It was a really proud moment that after, you know, all these uh, centuries or decades, if you will, Armenia finally had a place in the United Nations. Um, anyway, so while Mirzoyan was in Geneva, he met with a number of state officials from different countries. Also on March 2, Armenia abstained from voting in the United Nations General Assembly's resolution against the war in Ukraine. The resolution demanded that uh, Russian Federation immediately cease its use of force against Ukraine and immediately, completely, and unconditionally withdraw all of its military forces from the territory of Ukraine within its internationally recognized borders. 141 countries voted in favor, 35 countries abstained, five votes against, and a number of countries, among them as Azerbaijan did not participate in the vote. To find out uh, what was behind Armenia's vote, you can read Sosi Tatikian's article that we published yesterday. It's called The Context Behind Armenia's UN Vote on Ukraine. And speaking of Ukraine, yesterday the Armenian community in Ukraine reported the first uh, casualty of an Armenian national living in Kherson, which has been under Russian attack um, over the last several days. According to Juanes Alexanian, the representative of the Office of the High Commissioner of Diaspora here in Yerevan uh, said that while currently it is not possible to evacuate Armenians from Mariupol and Kherson, groups of Armenians have left Kharkov towards the Romanian border. Other Armenian communities in Ukraine uh, are also facing difficulty because of this, um, because of security concerns. Even just trying to get out of the country has become almost impossible. Well, there's as many as almost a million uh, refugees from Ukraine at this point. And in, in uh, different almost half a million Armenians who live there. After hostilities broke out in Ukraine, Armenia's Ministry of Foreign Affairs announced that Armenia is ready to receive Armenians and their family members, as well as other refugees from Ukraine. The MFA also stated that citizens of the Republic of Armenia who intend to return by crossing the borders of Poland, Slovakia, Hungary, Romania, and Moldova will not have to obtain a visa in advance. Meanwhile, in order to provide counselor assistance and consultations on other issues to the citizens of Armenia, representatives of the Armenian Foreign Ministry were sent to the bordering uh, cities of Ukraine's neighboring countries.
This week marked the anniversaries of two events from the painful pages of Armenia's history, the 14th anniversary of the March 1 crackdown on protesters and the 34th anniversary of the Sumgait pogroms. Um, just referring to March 1, 14 years after the government of Robert Kocharyan brutally dispersed protesters who were boycotting the results of the presidential elections, the circumstances under which 10 people died have still not been clarified. After coming to power in 2018, Igor Pashinyan said that um, while the March 1 case was resolved, however, no one had been held accountable. The preliminary investigation uh, commission that was set up to probe the events that took place in 2008 has been announcing for over two years that the investigation is still underway. Armenia's second president, Robert Kocharyan, who was charged with overthrowing the constitutional order during the events of March 1, has been cleared of all charges. And February 27 marked the 34th anniversary of the Sumgai pogroms, where our hundreds of Armenians were massacred by Azerbaijani authorities and thousands were displaced. In its statement on the occasion, Armenia's foreign ministry announced that in continuation of the same policy, the Azerbaijani armed forces carried out a complete ethnic cleansing of all Armenian settlements that fell under their control during the war against Artsakh on September 27, 2020, killing and humiliating many detained citizens, prisoners of war, destroying, vandalizing Armenian cultural and religious monuments. Monuments. According to the MFA statement, paying tribute to the memory of the innocent victims of the mass atrocities in Sumgait and other settlements, Armenians emphasize that Armenophobia and the threat of the use of force remain Azerbaijan's state policy, which clearly contradicts regional and international efforts aimed at a peaceful, developing, and sustainable region. This week there was uh, some major news in Armenian football. Yesterday, Henrik Mkhitaryan, one of Armenia's most prominent football players and the captain of the national team, announced his decision to leave uh, Armenia's national football team. According to Mkhitaryan's statement, he made the decision after Armenia was defeated by Germany last November during the qualifiers for this year's World Cup. Also in the news this week, Armenia's health ministry drafted a bill which will ban placing salt on tables in cafes and restaurants unless requested by the customers because of the high amount of salt consumption in Armenia. This was the justification by the ministry. According to the World Health Organization, the daily use of salt should not exceed 5 grams, while Armenians consume twice that amount. By lowering the consumption of salt, the Ministry of Health aims to decrease the risk of heart and kidney disease. And now to the the latest COVID updates, daily infection numbers have fallen significantly, while daily death numbers still continue to remain high. 103 people have died of COVID-related causes uh, this past week alone. And um, as of this week, the mandatory mask mandate in closed areas has been lifted, taking into account the low number of infections. It is still mandatory to wear masks in health institutions, although it's mandatory, Rubina, it is not happening. I can vouch for that. <laughs> Unfortunately, we've had some hospital uh, visits and nobody's wearing a mask. Um, the vaccine rollout continues. Close to 1.1 million people have received the first dose, while over 900,000 um, are already fully vaccinated, and more than 23,000 people have received their booster shots. And that's the kind of week it's been here in Armenia. Thank you for listening, and we will be back again next week.